It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One year from today, the Cincinnati Bearcats will officially be in the Big 12. Our Locked On Bearcats, your daily podcast on the Cincinnati Bearcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you very much for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen every day. It's free and available everywhere you get your podcast. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day, former sports director of UC's student-run media organization, Bearcats Media, where I was a play-by-play announcer for Bearcats football and men's basketball and the host of a weekly sports talk show on radio, Bearcats Media Radio, the Jack and Joan Strader Radio Studio. One year from today, the Cincinnati Bearcats will be in the big 12. And that is the topic of today's show. I'm going to give you not seven, but 12 things that need to happen for the Cincinnati Bearcats before they join the Big 12. Six things in football, six things in men's basketball, since those, of course, are the two biggest programs on campus. No disrespect to any other program, but for today's show and purposes, we're doing football and men's basketball. By the way, if you are not subscribed already to the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, you can uh, hit that subscribe button. We're up to 245 and counting, so you can be the next, and you can follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. So without further ado, let's get it started. 12 things that need to happen for Cincinnati Bearcats football and men's basketball. We'll start with football. Number one, the Bearcats have to get the starting quarterback right this year and heading into the Big 12. I'm not saying that Evan Prater needs to be the starter. I am saying that whoever does start a quarterback, the Bearcats need to make the right decision. They cannot get this wrong because every single question, every single first question in any press conference, when you get to the Big 12, and it is that way now in Cincinnati because they are one of the top programs in the country, but every single first question is going to be about the quarterback. And if you don't have that right, then you're already off to a bad start. Whoever the Bearcats choose to ride with a quarterback this year, They have to be in good hands with whoever it is, Ben Bryant or Evan Prater, going into the Big 12. Because at the Power 5 level, if you don't have your starting quarterback in hand, it's not going to end well. You're not going to be able to compete for championships like we expect this program to do. So this is the year to get the quarterback position right. And it's why this season is not only the most important season of Bearcats football history coming up, It's also one of the most interesting seasons because we know the Bearcats are still going to be really good, but at the same time, there's an interesting element to it because we don't know the uncertainty at quarterback. We don't know of the uncertainty at quarterback. We don't know. We don't know who's going to start the season. We don't know who's going to finish the season. We don't know when the, you know, the going gets thick, when you're in the thick of it. We don't know who's going to be the starting quarterback, but I do know this. They have to, by the end of the season, have a true sense of direction where they're going. If it's Ben Bryant, it's Ben Bryant. If it's Evan Prater, it's Evan Prater. But they have to know where they're going at that position, and they have to get it right. Number two, they have to have a succession plan at tight end. This is a program that churns out tight ends consistently, and they're really good at it too, Cincinnati. You go back to Brent Selleck and Garrett Selleck and, you know, 
Josiah DeGuara, and now Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor. There are tight ends, and before that, good Lord, I didn't even mention Travis Kelsey, excuse me. There are tight ends galore that have come through this program and have gone on to have remarkable success in the NFL. Wiley and Taylor will be the next two, but who is going to come after them? They have to know, okay, is Cayman Mateer an answer at tight end? They have to know if he's going to work out, and they have to continue to hit that position hard in recruiting. I understand the Big 12 is about spread offenses and airing the ball out. That's fine. But this is an offense in the Cincinnati Bearcats, and I don't anticipate it changing much going into the Big 12. That's going to ground and pound. And the way they do that is they have the tight end to pick up those hard-earned yards. You're facing third and four. You need that tight end to pick up five yards. You're down in the red zone. You need that red zone threat. There's a reason why tight ends on this team have caught a majority of the touchdowns in previous years. This is not a program that churns out big play wide receivers like in Alabama, a Georgia, or any Big 12 school. This is a program that plays in the trenches and uses its tight ends heavily, relies on them heavily. So they have to have a succession plan going into the Big 12. I think they can because I think they will be able to recruit with the success they've had in the previous years under Luke Fickle. But you're going into the Big 12 next year, and you're not going to have some familiar faces. You're not going to have Wiley and Taylor. So whoever's behind them this year, came in Mateer, leading that second group, they have to be ready to perform once they hit the Big 12. Because at the end of the day, a quarterback and a wide receiver can have the best connection ever. A quarterback security blanket, a guy who's there to bail him out, is tight end. The number three thing that needs to happen, Gino Gadouli must prove he is a legitimate offensive coordinator. Now, you know, as our good friend Justin Williams reported at The Athletic, that it was actually Gino Gadouli who called the plays last year. But it was anyone could have called plays with Desmond Ritter and Alec Pierce and Jerome Ford and that offensive line. Anyone could have done that. That made Gino's job easier. This year, we're really going to see how creative he is because there's a lot of unknowns on offense. New quarterback, new lead running back, new lead wide receiver. The only thing that's familiar is the offensive line and tight ends, which is great. You're off to a good start. You've got your protection up front, but now under center, behind center, and outside of wide receivers, and of course in the backfield at running back, you have to know, okay, what you're going to do offensively. And I do believe that this team and this program and Gino Gadouli, they're going to know. They're going to stick to their identity. They're going to be a run-first team. They're going to ground and pound. They're going to try to beat you into submission. But I still am very anxious to see how Gino Gadouli calls plays this year because of the unknowns, because he doesn't have the familiarity of Desmond Ritter and his mentee in Ritter. He doesn't have Jerome Ford. He doesn't have Alec Pierce. There are a lot of new faces. But then again, uh, excuse me. Then again, my voice cracked there. Must be that Chick-fil-A I just ate. Um, then again, or maybe something else I ate. Then again, we've seen Gino Gadouli. He was a masterful quarterbacks coach. He brought Desmond Ritter along, and then he made him a Heisman Trophy candidate in his junior and senior seasons. So we know he can call plays. 
But without some key players who left from last year's team, it's going to be very interesting to see how he does this year. And for the and my last key for this segment, number four, the defense has to stop the run. If there's any weakness last year, it's the Bearcats struggle to stop the run. We know that. And you might say, well, in the Big 12, don't you just have to stop the pass? Well, that's true. But teams are running the football in the Big 12. Look at Baylor and Oklahoma State last year in the Big 12 championship. Those teams don't, don't, don't stand out to you as, you know, throw the ball down the field and, you know, entertainment, panache on offense. No. They got there because of their physicality. They got there because they could run the football. So that leads me to think, okay, if you have a defense that's able to stop the run, you're going to force teams to go to the air raid offense. And that's going to open the door for your secondary, which is still a strength of this team, to make plays. You know how John Garcia Jr. talked about earlier this week about the importance of having corners on your team? Well, yes, it's important. Because if your defense can stop the run, what's, stop the run, what's the first thing? Like, the your most basic football coach, what's the first thing that they're going to tell you on defense you have to do? Stop the run, right? That's going to be paramount in the Big 12. Teams are running the football. And think about this. It's not like the Big 12 plays in warm weather environments. What's going to happen when you go to West Virginia in November? What's going to happen when you go to BYU in November? What's going to happen when you're hosting a game in November? If you have a defense that can stop the run in the cold weather, in the elements, I mean, heck, it could be 30 degrees and snowing Black Friday at BYU. And if you can't stop the run, you're going to be in for a long day. And you're not going to have snow angels looking over you and giving you what you need to stop the run because you can't do it yourself. So that's what needs to happen. You have to be able to stop the run. Make teams pass the ball. We think the Big 12 is all about air raid offenses. And yes, that is a that is a characteristic and a high one of a Big 12 team. Don't a Big 12 team, don't get me wrong. But if you can force teams into that, that's gonna be what enables you to have success in that conference. Man, we're off to a good start today. I, I'm loving this. I had fun coming up with this with the 12 things that need to happen for the Bearcats football and men's basketball to have success in the Big 12. And my gosh, just talking about going to West Virginia and BYU in November. Oh, I can't wait for when the Bearcats join the Big 12. Up next, speaking of corners, we know they have to do well. And I've got another thing that needs to happen that I think will, but it's still worth mentioning. I'll touch on that here in just a moment after a word from betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports development league reviews and news including this year's nhl final which just concluded congratulations to the colorado avalanche and major league baseball bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information including live betting esports and scores and betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores podcasts and news this season betonline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events including mma boxing and golf Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
know, I mentioned uh, the Colorado Avalanche winning the Stanley Cup, and, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you're not, I mean, uh, let's, you know, what's near Colorado? BYU, right? Forget about traveling to BYU in general. You're traveling now west, potentially in November. And what travels? Defense. So you have to be able to stop the run. Defense travels. And the Bearcats need to have that when they're in the Big 12. Because there's going to be some lengthy road trips. Because Cincinnati, not trying to make this into a geography class, although I could probably be a good geography teacher if I tried. Cincinnati is one of the most eastern opponents, easternmost opponents in the Big 12. The closest opponent to them is West Virginia. Outside of that, you got a you know two-hour flight down to Orlando. You've got a, a two-hour flight down to up to Iowa, Ames, Iowa. Down, uh, Houston, Baylor, uh, TCU. So you're going to have some lengthy road trips still in the Big 12. But you'd much rather be in the Big 12 than the American, right? I know I would. So you heard John Garcia Jr. and I talked about this on talk about this on Wednesday. And this and this week has been a lot about in the trenches defensive line. But we've talked about corners on Wednesday and the importance of having them on your roster. Why the Bearcats are targeting so many corners for the class of 2023. The corners have to be a hit that they have in the commitments for 2023. I'm talking about Diane McCullough and Amari Snowden. Those guys and the other corners that they have signed, they have to be a hit. They have to work out for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Because if your defense is able to stop the run, that's still gonna that still puts pressure on the corners. There will be plays to be made in the Big 12. If you force teams to go to a passing attack, there will be plays to be made. You have to make them when the opportunities come. If you can stop the run and make plays in the passing game, you're going to be in for a successful uh, tenure in the Big 12, however long it lasts. Because we know the importance of corners in college football today. It's spread offense. College football has become that. And if you don't have playmakers who can shut down big-time receivers, and if you don't have playmakers who can make plays when the ball is thrown to them, and get your defense off the field. In complimentary football, which is what Luke Fickle talks about constantly. Then you're not going to be successful. All right, let's move on to the number six. Last football key that needs to happen. And this is something I think that is going to happen. So I'm not concerned about it. But it is worth mentioning. Luke Fickle being committed to the long term. We know he just signed a massive contract extension. We know he's going to be here for the foreseeable future. But let me ask you a question. And you can tweet this answer to me at Frankie underscore now. You can DM me if you wish. Or you can leave a comment on today's YouTube video. Let me ask you a question. Do you have that little mouse, whatever thing in the back of your head that says, ah, you know, look fickle, you could leave anytime soon, you know? I just got that little mouse tugging at my, you know, back of my head, whatever. Do you have that feeling? Because I do. I'm not saying I think Luke Fickle's going anywhere. I don't think he is. But it is worth thinking about. Not saying it's going to happen. What if 
for some odd reason, he leaves. What if for some odd reason after this year, something gets knocked out of alignment in the universe? You know, Orion gets hit by an asteroid or something. And Luke Fickle goes to, I don't know, the NFL, the Chicago Bears. What if that happens? And now all of a sudden, you don't know who your head coach is and you're going to the Big 12. Don't panic, though. It's not going to happen. Because we know what Luke Fickle's all about. 18 and 23-year-olds. Or 22-year-olds. He's not going to leave them. He's not just going to up and leave as they're making a transition to Power 5 football. And say, guys, sorry. I'm heading to the NFL or wherever. Not going to happen. And by the way, if, if you're worried about Ryan Day leaving Ohio State, I wouldn't be. I haven't talked to anybody from Columbus about it, but I wouldn't be. Why would, why would we be concerned? The Bears now have a head coach in Matt Eberflus. So Ryan Day is not going there. And Ryan Day is not leaving Ohio State. And Ohio State's the only place where Luke Fickle would go if a job opens up, right? So there's nothing to worry about, right? All right, those are some football things, the six football things that need to happen. Let's move into men's basketball because at the end of the day, it's great that football is having the success that it's having over the last four years. But as a proud Bearcat, I know that this university, the signature program historically is men's, bas- is men's basketball. Historically, it is men's basketball. The first thing you think about, If I ask you what the first thing you think about the University of Cincinnati is, you probably say men's basketball. You probably say Oscar Robertson. And I would say you're right. So what does men's basketball need to do before they go into the Big 12? Number one, really number seven, they must recapture their identity. They have to. How many times last year did you watch them? And by the way, this is the first time I've talked about men's basketball since Lord knows. I can't even remember the last time I talked about men's basketball. I feel foreign. I feel just out of sorts. Like, I just got hit by an asteroid. So, the first thing that needs to happen is they got to go back to their roots, men's basketball. They got to be tough and nasty. They got to be physical. They got to want to just beat your brains in every single possession on defense. Because it won for nine years with Mick Cronin. It won for 15 years or 14 years with Bob Huggins. And it can be a winning formula again in the Big 12. Watch the Big 12 next year when you're not watching the American Athletic Conference, which outside of Cincinnati, you're probably not watching it at all. So watch watch the Big 12 on Big Monday. Watch the physicality that they play with. Yes, they score, but they play defense. They rebound. You know why Baylor and Kansas won national championships the last two years and why Texas Tech played for one three years ago? Because they could play defense. You know why Texas Tech was able to overcome a coaching change and a massive roster overhaul? Because they play defense. Ask John Rossing about that because the defense never stops in Lubbock. You have to be able to have that at Cincinnati. And if you can get it back, you will have success in the Big 12 because that is how you beat teams. The Big 12 is not we're going to run up and down the floor in transition and up-tempo. No, that's the ACC. The Big 12 is we want to beat your brains in night in and night out. Watch a Big 12 game, and you will see that. And if you need a source on that, 
Go talk to my friend Josh Neighbors, host of Lockdown Big 12. Because that is what the Big 12 is about. It is an absolute grind of a 20-game conference season and then the conference tournament. If you can get back to how you played under Mick Cronin and Bob Huggins, you will have success in the regular season. And I actually think you can have success in the postseason because you will be more battle-tested. Second thing that needs to happen, they need to recruit They need to recruit guys who can score. Last year, the Bearcats did not have that. They've had that at some instances throughout you know, the last, what, 30 years. Kenya Martin, Steve Logan, Sean Kilpatrick, Gary Clark, Kyle Washington, Jaron Cumberland, Jacob Evans, all those players. They didn't have that last year. They certainly didn't have it two years ago. In the Big 12, when games are 60 to 60 with 20 seconds left, who are you putting the ball, whose hands are you putting the ball in and say, damn it, go get a bucket. Go win us the game. Go get us back on the bus. And let's get out of here with a win. Or if you're at home, let's let, let's celebrate on our home floor and let's feel good about ourselves. Let's defend this house. Which I don't think UC's Under Armour, so I don't know why I said that. Disregard that. Anyway, you have to have a guy who can score. When the going gets tough and when it's thick and you need a bucket in a Monday night in February or in the semifinals of the Big 12 tournament, who are you saying, go get us a bucket? Who is Wes Miller saying, two on the team, go get a bucket? It's great if you have guys who can defend. It's great if you have guys who are lengthy and big in the front court. That's fine. Who can rebound. But you need to score in the Big 12. Kansas and Baylor and Texas Tech all got to the national championship because they had guys who could score when it mattered. If Cincinnati can get one of those players, they too will be in that echelon where those three teams that I just mentioned are currently. Up next, the final four things. Get that final four. Seen you paying attention. The final four things that need to happen for the Bearcats men's basketball program to have success in the Big 12. I'll explain next after a word from two of our sponsors. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Men's basketball, we're talking about things that need to happen within the program led by second-year head coach Wes Miller before the Bearcats joined the Big 12 one year from today. We've already hit on six things in football that need to happen, such as the getting the starting quarterback right, you know, the tight end succession plan, Gino Cajuli being a legitimate offensive coordinator, Luke Fickle committing to the long term. We hit on all of those. Final four things in basketball. So far, we said that they need to recapture their identity, especially on the defensive end, and they need to recruit guys who can score. Number nine, the transfers on this year's team need to hit. I'm talking about Landers Nolly. I'm talking about Rob Finnessy. I'm talking about Kalu Izekpi. I'm talking about all those players and then some who need to be hits for the Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball program. Because if they are hits, that's only going to enhance their ability to recruit in the transfer portal. 
especially going to a Power 5 conference. Because now a player can say, ooh, they're in a Power 5 conference. You know, they're kind of fledgling, so I can probably carve out a nice role there. I'm going to go play for that team. And Wes Miller, I mean, excuse me, sorry, my voice cracked again. I don't know who would want to play for Wes Miller. I don't know who would or would not want to play for him. Who would want to play for that guy? A guy who, yes, might not have a coaching identity right now, but you see him in what he says and what he believes in. There's a reason why I can get behind what Wes Miller is doing. You got Rayvon Griffith committed for now. If these transfers work out, that's only going to enhance the ability to recruit there and in recruiting in general. All right, fourth thing that needs to happen. They need to contend this year. Now, I know they didn't really contend last year. From February on, they didn't win very many games. And it was a struggle to even win the games they did. They have to contend this year. They have to get back to respectability. Because this is still, historically, the signature program of the university. Again, it's great what football's doing. I love it. But if men's basketball is having success and they have momentum heading into the Big 12, that is just going to add such a level of momentum and excitement because it's men's basketball. And at the end of the day, there is still that feeling inside of you, me, that this is the signature program of this university. And if they do have momentum... And if they're coming off a contending season, I don't care if they fall just a little short of reaching the NCAA tournament. If they make the tournament, there's going to be such a level of momentum and excitement going into the Big 12. Be even better if men's basketball is doing well. Because the Big 12 basketball, nine in and nine now, my friend, or my friends, it's going to be fun to watch. So there's two more things that I want to see happen for men's basketball prior to the Bearcats joining the conference. And we will know a lot about this in the month, in the few months leading up to July 1st of next year. Non-conference scheduling is number one. The Bearcats' non-conference schedule this past year wasn't very good. Yes, they played Illinois. Yes, they played Arkansas. And they beat Illinois by 20. But go back to John Brandon's first season and look at that non-conference schedule. And you'll see Ohio State. You'll see UNLV. You'll see a very good Vermont team. You'll see Tennessee and Iowa. And the Bearcats, yes, only went 7-5. and five. But there is a reason why they were back in the NCAA tournament conversation by the start of February. Because the selection committee looked at their non-conference schedule and valued it. Last year's non-conference schedule, woof. You want to know who it, it consisted of? Georgia, who stunk. Evansville, Presbyterian. I forget. I, I even forget who they played in their third game. Oh, uh, I think it was Alabama AM, I think. Uh anyway, yeah, moving on. Uh Monmouth, they lost. Uh Texas, no, not Texas Southern. Ashland. Texas Southern got canceled due to COVID. Ashland, who they barely beat, by the way. Uh East Tennessee State. Woof. Bryant, who made the tournament, congratulations, but still. Yes, they played Xavier. They always do. My point is this. It wasn't a very good non-conference schedule. 
Miami, Ohio. <laughs> Woof. Not a good non-conference schedule. They have to be better. Going in the Big 12, they will have to be. Like, schedule a game against a Big 10 opponent. Or a Big East, or Creighton. Or, um, I don't know, someone from the uh, ACC. Or another Power 5 school. Not Bryant, Monmouth, Evansville, Alabama, A&M. Give me a break. Funniest thing from that game was Mo Egger tweeting about sitting behind a man wearing too much cologne or in front of a man wearing too much cologne. You get the point. Non-conference scheduling has to be better because in the Big 12, where the committee will almost value every team, if your non-conference schedule stands out, you might get in over another team in your conference come Selection Sunday. And the last thing that I need to see And it's not just this year. It's not just next year. It is for the eternity and rest of time. They need to beat Xavier's behinds every single freaking year. Take back control of the Crosstown shootout. Show them who really runs the Queen City. Because we know Cincinnati is the Queen City's basketball team. If Xavier was, they would have made the NCAA tournament at least once in the previous four years under Travis Steele. They never did because they weren't really that good. You can lose, you cannot lose perennially if you're in the Big 12. You cannot lose perennially to a Big East team. And I'm not talking about the Big East that you used to play in. I'm talking about the Big East right now, which, yes, is good, but it's not Power Five good. It's not nearly as good as the Big 12. I think the Big East is better than some Power 5 conferences in basketball. I think it was really good last year. Look at the teams who made. Look at the teams who went to the NCAA tournament last year. Villanova, Creighton, um, Providence. A lot of good teams. But you cannot lose perennially to your in-state rival once you join the Power 5. Turn up another notch and say, damn it, this city is ours. And there's a lot of other things I want to say right now, but I'm not going to because we are a profanity-free channel here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. But just know, just know that I think that you cannot lose perennially to Xavier, a Big East a Big East school, once you join the Big 12. Take back control of the rivalry. Get rid of this, we're 8-18 eight and 18 the last 26 years in this rivalry. Make it 9-18 and 18 this upcoming season and then keep raising that win total until you hit 500 and then beyond because that's where I'm going. That was fun. That was very fun. Been a fun week. Next week, we're going to hit on the linebacker position on the football team. I'm going to tell you who my favorite player is overall on this year's team. Spoiler alert, it's not Evan Prater. How about that for a weekend, these? Let that misery for the next 48 to 72 hours. However long it is. Anyway, have a great 4th of July weekend. I mean that in all sincerity. Seriously, do have a great 4th of July weekend. Grill out whatever you want to do. Um... Go catch the Reds game. They're playing the Braves this weekend at home. You know, hang out with the family. Just enjoy, you know, some nice weather for the July weekend. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats first listen every day. Now, speaking of the Big 12, go make Lockdown Big 12 your second listen. Hosted by my good friend Josh Neighbors and the local experts of Lockdown will help you go across the league in 30 minutes. Your second listen, make it Lockdown Big 12. For me, you can follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore 90 with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com.
gmail.com. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Lockdown Bearcats YouTube channel, now up to 245 and counting. Follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Have a great 4th of July weekend. I'll be back on Monday to preview a week talking about linebackers. Hopefully have John Garcia Jr. back on sometime next week and potentially efforting some other guests for next week as well. I'm Alex Frank for the Lockdown Bearcats podcast. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of your Friday and have a great 4th of July weekend. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.